dangerous, dangerous territory here. We are in dangerous territory. Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 116 for the week of April 19th, 2021. I'm Ben Smith and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest and this week we'll be talking with Who Weekly's Lindsay Weber about the first chunk of the second semifinal. How's it going, Mike? It's going really well. How are you doing, Ben? I'm great. Had some time off this weekend. It was nice to just sit in the house and read a lot of books. Oh, that does sound nice. I like this part of Eurovision season because there's stuff happening, but it's not an overwhelming amount of stuff. So you have time to do other activities. You have time to have a life outside of watching seven different European TV channels. Mm -hmm. What I did on my summer vacation, I got to be a contestant on the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show podcast. Yes. I know our listeners are international. Don't let that name fool you. The first round of my game was 8-bit versions of 80s pop songs. You will definitely be able to play along if you want to check that out. We have a link to it in the show notes. It was a ton of fun. They were also kind enough to let me plug this show, so we may have some new listeners. Hello. Welcome. I guess to check in with where we are in our coverage of this year's Eurovision. (laughs) Just, hello, new listeners. What's our whole deal? Exactly. (laughs) Right now, we are in the midst of covering the 39 songs that are competing in this year's Eurovision Song Contest. We are talking with guests from around the internet, and we've broken up the list into a bunch of episodes. The first semifinal has 16 songs. Those are the three previous episodes. This episode and the next two will cover the 17 songs that are competing in the second semifinal. The actual competition is happening the week of May 17th, so a little less than a month away, but this is the perfect time to get acquainted with everything that's happening and add a whole bunch of really fun songs to your Spotify playlists. Yeah, if this is your first Eurovision, you have picked a great year to wade into the waters of what is happening with Europe and pop music. Yes, and also the historic aspect of a show of this magnitude happening in a semi-lockdown, is it safe environment? (laughs) Happening in a continuing pandemic, it's fine. Welcome and enjoy. Also, if you are a fan of the show and you want to support us in ways other than just listening to the program, we, we have a Patreon that is available at patreon.com slash you what. And what's great is that because of those supporters, we are now able to include episode transcripts in the show notes of our semifinal coverage episodes. Yay, accessibility! Thank you so much to our supporters. Our next goal is to revamp our website in preparation for our 2022 coverage. If you've been to our website... I have thoughts. I have notes. Mm-hmm. I also have <laughs> thoughts and notes. Because of our patrons, we get to do things like that. If yes. you are interested in becoming a patron, more info is available at patreon.com slash what. We should probably check in on some news that's piled up over the last few weeks. Duncan Lawrence, who won Eurovision back in 2019 with the song Arcade, he cracked the Hot 100 on Billboard? He was at number 100 last I checked. That is the first time a Eurovision artist has cracked the Hot 100 since Gina G. Wow, that was, what, 25 years? Wow. Yeah, that that was a while ago. Uh, I will not be doing the math because I do not want to contemplate my own mortality. Yeah. 
Arcade won Eurovision in 2019. It's been kicking around for two years. And it started getting used on TikTok as the soundtrack for fan vids about Hermione and Draco from Harry Potter falling in love. Read another book. Yeah. <laughs> So it ended up becoming this TikTok meme. And in the last few weeks, Duncan's been invited to perform on the third hour of the Today Show. He was on Ellen and Arcade got gold certified a week or two ago. Slow but steady, but he's in the race, I he's, guess. I, yeah. I guess. I know just enough about TikTok to be like, hello, internet, please make me one, one of the terrible Chef Club videos where they're putting bacon in a brie and then wrapping it in meat. <laughs> Where I'm just like, is this, is this just like joke on American food? Yeah, when we were in Ukraine, we went to this food festival and they had a kiosk with American food. And I was looking at the menu and I turned to my husband and was just like, are we being read for filth? Uh <laughs> when I was in Sardinia, we we went and got pizza and one of the pizzas was the American pizza and the American pizza had French fries on it. So I believe I was getting roasted. <laughs> It was still delicious, but also I was like, this is mean. Wow. Yeah. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, is nominated for a Hugo Award. I think we may have broken this in Eurovision Twitter. I wasn't seeing it anywhere else, so I choose Mm -hmm. to believe that we broke it. Aren't the Hugo Awards a sci-fi award? Technically, they're a sci-fi fantasy award. Much like Eurovision, sci-fi fantasy is a big tent. Some background, the Hugo Awards are awarded annually to works in the science fiction or fantasy genres, first published anywhere in the world during the previous calendar year. Published doesn't necessarily mean printed on pieces of paper. There are plenty of online publications, and there are a few awards that are specifically around dramatic presentation. Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, is nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form, alongside a bunch of other movies. So its rivals in this category this year are Birds of Prey and The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, The Old Guard, Palm Springs, Soul, and Tenet. That is a wide-ranging category. Those are very different movies from one another. Interesting. It shouldn't have shocked me as much to see it in the running, because the the short-form category has previously included things like episodes of The Good Place, which do have a fantasy element. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this totally has fantasy elements. It has the elves. Oh, yep, that would do it. It has the magic of the elves. COVID has delayed so many things, and in particular, this year's Worldcon, which is where the Hugo Awards are awarded, moved its schedule from August, which is why the nominations came out now, and the winner won't be announced until December. So there's plenty of time to get your votes in, and the nice thing about the Hugo Awards is that you can become a voting member of Worldcon, and it's something that is available to sci-fi fans of all stripes. You don't even need to necessarily attend Worldcon to vote. And then this Sunday, it is the Oscars. We are going to find out if Husevic takes the crown. Molly Sandian, who is the voice of Sigrid in Eurovision Fire Saga, recorded a performance of the song Husevic in the town of Husevic, which is going to be aired during the Oscars pre-show. I think they're bumping all of the song performances to the Oscars pre-show. And then we will find out if Kuzovic ends up winning, which is weird to think that this goofy movie could be an Oscar-winning film. I am really excited about this week's conversation. Like, I love when we get outside perspectives. I, I like that we were finally able to have back 
Lindsay Weber. Yes, she brings such great energy to the Eurovision conversation. And I think she got a really fun set of songs to talk about. We will get her thoughts on Florida and Florida and Greece, both the country and the musical. It's going to be a real treat. Welcome back, Lindsay. Oh, it's such a blessing to be back in Eurovision season. Did it ever end? Last year was such a flop. It did briefly end last year. (laughs) We had to have a very panicked meeting in March. I'm so happy Eurovision didn't go away. Not that I ever thought it would, but it's something that means it's spring and it's time to have a party. 39 nations have chosen a song they have deemed best by some methodology. Yes. And now we get to judge all of them. Maybe there'll even be some added American interest this year because of the Netflix movie, although I tend to think that's kind of a weird thing that it got released on the year there was no Eurovision, therefore removing any type of opportunity for it to get more popular. But that's a whole other thing that I've been thinking about ever since Eurovision got canceled. (laughs) Movies in the last year have been so weird because now the Eurovision movie is up for an Oscar for, for Best Original Song. Right. Have you guys dug into the irony of Husevik, the fake Eurovision song written for the fake American written Eurovision movie up for best song as no song ever submitted for Eurovision would ever get that? That is the craziest. I feel like I'm stoned. That's crazy. (laughs) It's real weird. (laughs) And that it's a favorite to win. It's good. It should win. Do you guys agree it's good? Okay. That one made the most sense of the songs they would potentially nominate. And that one has all the highs and lows that the Oscars like to give best song to. Yes. And I'm almost proud that we created this movie that was actually somehow good. And then the songs were good, bad enough to even represent the movie enough to be nominated. That's such a heady thing to think about. But we really did it. America, once again, we did it. (laughs) Good for us. We can't join Eurovision, but we definitely step all over it. (laughs) Yep. Just going to muscle our way in like we do. (laughs) Like a trumpeting elephant. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Let's start talking about this first group of six songs for the second semifinal, because opening the show, America. The first song of the second semifinal is San Marino's entry this year, Sunit's Adrenalina. Featuring none other than Florida, (laughs) our state, our favorite state. We nominated Florida to go to Eurovision and compete. (laughs) Yes. So Sunit is originally from Italy, but she represented San Marino in 2011 with Stand By, which did not qualify. She was internally selected by San Marino in 2020 and reselected for 2021. And since uh, Eurovision didn't happen, she has been on an extended freaky trip to Rotterdam. She just stayed in Rotterdam? Oh, no, 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 no. She's been in Italy working with the same creative partner, making video covers of Eurovision tracks. He lives in... Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Woe is appropriate. All of them are mashing up four different concepts at once. Got it. Yeah. In a BBC interview, it was heavily implied that Flo Rida will perform in Rotterdam if circumstances allow for it. He better. I have some ideas on some backup plans. But first, Lindsay, what did you think of this song? 
My first thought was this the first song from San Marino that could possibly place in the top 10 because I feel like they have some of my favorite entries, but they're always ridiculous and not even close to winning. But they are the songs that you would show if you were saying to a friend, Eurovision is wild. Let me show you what kind of stuff is out here. And you'd say, here's a song from San Marino. And they'd say, where's San Marino? And you'd be like, don't worry about that. Here's the song. It's not amazing, but I do feel like it could get further than they usually get, maybe. I would agree with that. I'm trying to temper my expectations because it's the first time that San Marino has sent something that's felt like a bop. Thank you. Yes. But they're a very small nation. Do they have the budget to adequately stage this? Where did they find Florida money? Did they book a cameo with Florida? I kind of think that he's cheap. <laughs> and I think you're getting the nail on the head right here where it's cameo prices. Like it didn't take much. And maybe they said, hey, look at Jesse J in China. You could be an international superstar. Just do Eurovision. And he said, okay, whatever. What am I doing? It's been a while since he's released an album. So I have to wonder if this might be a cross promo opportunity. Maybe. Thinking of some of his tracks and how they've all been licensed everywhere for everything and played at every wedding since 2013. He is probably very comfortable just on those royalties, so he probably do whatever he wants. So Eurovision seems like the right choice. Yeah. Well, I, had, I had said when the song dropped, when I saw him trending on Twitter, I was like, did he just get revealed on The Masked Singer? <laughs> like that, that is the context that I expected to see his name in 2021. Truly. My question is, does Flo Rida know the context? And I'm not trying to be rude to him, but does he realize that pairing with San Marino really means something in the context of Eurovision? This isn't Italy. This isn't France. Does he even realize? Probably not, right? Is Flo Rida aware of what he signed up for? <laughs> does Flo Rida know San Marino? Has he been to San Marino? I barely know where it is. That's what's so amazing about this pairing. The it's nice great. thing about San Marino is that if you've been in Italy, you might have been in San Marino. True. <laughs> True by accident. Like you just right. make a wrong turn. You're there. Right. Welcome to the most serene republic. I get the sense that's where the fancy mall is, like one of those outdoor malls where you walk around. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They have the really good food court. So yeah. Right. The, the, you just pop on over. Where they don't call the mall anymore. It's a lifestyle center. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think the realistic guess that I have is for how this came together was there was some sort of producer selling tracks that knew both Flo Rida and whoever bought this song for San Marino. I know that sounds like that couldn't be a thing, but it definitely is. There's an international market of beats and songs. And, it, and this song sounds like it's something that could have gone honestly to Katy Perry. That's how surprisingly good it is. Maybe not incredible, but fine. And it seems like maybe that's what happened with the song. It had Flo Rida attached to it in some weird way. And then it, it got here and he stayed or he was offered to come with. I don't know. The songwriters on this have a few other songs in Eurovision this year. They're Swedish songwriters. That's what they do. Totally. Here, yes, we have this track that's been sitting around for a while. You can have it. <laughs> I have a couple of ideas for, for backup plans should Florida not be properly vaccinated or not able to enter the Netherlands. One, whatever person they find, his name is now Sam Marino. And Sam Marino filling in for Florida. <laughs> Alternately, we have found out about the aftermarket of what people do after Eurovision. And there's a terrible program all across Europe called Your Face Sounds Familiar that mostly pops up when some well-meaning makeup artist has painted a singer to look like The Weeknd. Oh, God. What they can do to redeem themselves in the eyes of, of our program, at least, is you have pre-recorded video footage of Sunit dressed as Flo Rida. Oh, no. <laughs> she is rapping with herself. Dangerous. Dangerous territory here. We are in dangerous territory. We love a gimmick, a fun way to open the show. Wait, aren't you just <laughs> proposing what Jacques Hudek did with, with yes. my friend? I yes, I am. <laughs> as, as Sunit is on the screen as Florida. She oh, is providing no. the rap. 
I think she could rap his verse against herself. Yes. Like she could just do it herself. That would be interesting. Or when his verse is playing, he's not there. It's just playing and there's some sort of crazy thing happening on stage that takes your t- attention away from the fact that he's not there. I really do think he's going to be there. What is the point of this if he is not there. Florida has been in the house for a year. He would love a vacation to the Netherlands. If he gets the second dose by the end of this week, he will be fully vaccinated in time for rehearsals. He could even go a week into May to get his second dose and he'd be okay by the time the final happens. Yeah, So totally. He'll be there. Yeah. He will. I know it. This song is so fun and I like that they're opening the show with it. That feels like a good spot for it. But I, I also hope that San Marino saves some money for whatever the live performance needs to be. This one feels like a good one to just give us like the curtain of sparks that everybody deploys just give us some pyro maybe they don't have to win because obviously you're right like how are they gonna throw this thing if they win but even if they just hit the top five that would be so special for them i think (laughs) you know their best finish was in 2019 at 19th place oh they could do better i think they'll hit the left side of the board this song holds up it's cool The second song in the lineup comes from Estonia. It is Uku Suviste's The Lucky One. Uku studied contemporary music production at Berklee College of Music. He's competed on a number of shows. He did The Voice of Russia in 2018, where he finished as a semifinalist. And he also did the New Wave Festival in 2010, where he finished in third. Going deeper into his resume, he played Danny in a production of Greece in 2014. And we managed to find an ad on YouTube for it. Oh my god. It's localized into Estonian, which did not even occur to me that that they would do that. And he was also named Estonia's sexiest man, I guess. Wow. He competed in Estonia's national selection, Eesti Lal, in 2017. In 2019, he was the runner-up. He won in 2020 and was supposed to go to Rotterdam last year. They decided to do Eesti Lal again this year, and they gave him an automatic entry into the contest. But that was as far as it got. It wasn't even an automatic entry into the final. So he had to re-win his spot, which he did pretty easily. He's very, very popular in Estonia. I was going to say, I'm so impressed they're sending their true best. Like, he's the hottest man. He is the most talented man. He is clearly the number one guy in Estonia. This is great. Yeah. And his song is a dream team production. Dream Team has done a number of well-known Eurovision entries. A lot of ingredients in the formula. Are those ingredients working? Lindsay, what (laughs) what do you think about the lucky one? I honestly already forgot what it sounds like. Mm. And I just listened to it like four minutes ago. It's not good. Sorry. I just, I don't even remember. But I'm happy he's hot. That's fun, you know? Like, great, he's hot. It's slow, right? Is it slow? Is it mid-tempo? I already forgot. Ugh, it's so, that's such a boring tempo. (laughs) (laughs) Mid-tempo. Wait, can I ask you, this is one of my questions. So did everyone have to re-qualify this year? I thought they all got automatically back in. I didn't know that the countries were doing their own contests again. That seems so mean. It was up to each individual country, as it is every year. Because I noticed this was the big one that I was going to ask you about. The Mamas, who had that great song last time for Sweden, they're not back. They They're got not back. replaced. What the frick? Yeah. What happened? They had to go through Melfest again. They placed pretty well. They finished third, fourth, somewhere near the top. 
I didn't know that they were making them do it again. That's so sad to me because these people who made it last year didn't even get to have their moment. It's so sad. So some people are back because they won again or they really were the only ones competing. And some aren't back because the competition really is that crazy and they had to compete again and lost. A lot of people are back and a lot of nations just did an internal selection this year and we're like, we're sending the same person. <laughs> right. I mean, they're like, we don't want to do this again. We already picked someone. <laughs> Albania in particular, the way that they select Festivali Ikengis, that's a national music festival that happens every December. They're very wedded to their format. Uh huh. You have things like that. You have things like Sweden and Norway that just really love doing Melfest and Melody Grand Prix. But there are some nations that were kind of rude and didn't even invite their participant from 2020 back. Wow. And I think there were some participants who didn't want to return. I got the sense Cyprus's entrant didn't really want to come back, probably because the song wasn't really well received last year. France, their artist, he has an album in the works, and this was going to interfere with the promo for that. So good for them. Yeah, I love that. They're mm-hmm. like, we don't need this. The timing is not right anymore. Yeah, like we're moving on. That's great. Okay, well, now I know. Okay, I understand that now. Ben, what are your thoughts on the lucky one? Or are we already done talking about it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, did you forget it also? It's fine. When it's popped up on a playlist for me, I've not skipped it. I don't know. It just has not grown on me. Great job, Ugu Saviste. You made it to Eurovision. Maybe he'll perform with his shirt off or something. Maybe it'll be like all about how hot he is. They'll go hard on that and it'll be a great performance by a hunk. I haven't been checking the Instagram if the thirst traps have started yet, but uh, <laughs> it, that will happen starting in May. Don't you right? worry. But but yeah, I think it ha- is standing a better chance by being in the second semifinal. It does have a nice contrast with a lot of the rest of the field. And he's he's not really that much of a chaos queen. I think being placed in the two spot, even though that's not necessarily the worst spot, it's just going to get lost in this field. I feel like adrenaline is going to be very high energy. And I think that both the Czech Republic and Greece, which are right after it, are going to be relatively high energy. This one, you're going to see it in the little recap at the end of the semifinal. Big, wait, what? That happened? It's going to get forgotten. Yeah, totally. There's no way that it's not going to get forgotten. It's, it's in a weird spot, and it's not as good as the first and not as good as what's coming after it. Even in my pre-show notes, all I have is Dream Team. And there are two other Dream Team songs in this semifinal. I feel like they were focusing on those instead of this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm on his Instagram, and it's amazing. I <laughs> recommend heading there. There's a photo of him sitting in a cafe drinking a coffee with three laptops in front of him that I think is an ad for a laptop. It's just oh. Like, fantastic. He's got shirtless pics. He's got, he's a model. This guy is a model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think he will bounce back from this. Yeah, he'll be fine. Let's talk about the Czech Republic, uh, who are sending Benny Cristo and Omega. Benny Cristo won the Czech Republic's online selection process in 2020 and then got reselected for 2021. He finished seventh on the Czech-Slovak version of Idol in 2009. He's opened for Far East Movement and Mr. Worldwide Pitbull. He's a vegan and an animal rights activist and also an enthusiast of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and snowboarding, although not simultaneously. I'm not reading it as, oh my God, but that is what it is in the song. It seems like an internet meme. It just feels very dated, the title, to have it written out like that. But 
The song itself, I guess it's okay. It's fine. I thought it was okay. I love this one as soon as it dropped. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure I am the only one who has this strong of an affinity towards it. Like it has zero traction with the bookies, even though we're not supposed to pay attention to the bookkeepers. And that the fandom is completely unimpressed. It's been such a neutral response that it's like, oh, am I missing something here? Mm-hmm. I also like this one. It might just be you and me, Mike, that, that like this one. I like that it doesn't immediately scream Eurovision song. It feels like something that could pop up organically off of a Spotify playlist. I guess the narrator of the song is kind of a jerk. Maybe that is instantly turning people off. It's like, but it's so dancey and just so full of joy, even though if you do listen closely to the lyrics, this guy's kind of a creep. So we've talked a lot on our show about if you were in a two slot, that means that the producers don't like you. But statistically, apparently slot three is the least likely to get through from a semifinal to the final. So truly the worst slot is number three, not number two. Number two feels bad, but number three is bad, according to the stats. Interesting. I have been mystified by people's non-reaction to this one. I thought when it came out, it was great. It felt connected to what he sent last year, but also its own different thing. Although I guess people really didn't like what he was doing last year either, particularly when that one was getting revamped and remixed and stuff. Like They were just like, ugh, like, we already were kind of lukewarm about this, and now you're doing that? And the Czech Republic usually sends fun stuff, even if it's a little weird. They send good stuff usually, I think. They've been on a really good trajectory, and their online selection method has really worked for them. Yeah, and I'm really surprised that no countries seem to have adopted that process for this year when it's like, no, this is the perfect year to do an all online format. Really, you should do that. France, do not have a live in-studio show. Yeah, maybe the performance will help give it a boost because he seems cool and it seems like that could be a big part of this. I only heard it through Spotify and for me, the visuals of it add a million points for Eurovision. A good visual could take a song that I don't care about and make it a song I'm rooting for. So I don't know until I see what they're going to do with that. It's unfair to even just hear the song because it needs the visuals so much for me personally. I think that maybe why I'm so excited about this one because I can imagine how colorful this performance is going to be. Totally. And it's not a huge leap in imagination of how this could be staged in a fun way. Whereas with some of the other entries, are you just going to stand there and then sparks are going to fall from the ceiling at the key change? Probably. (laughs) We're getting away from the lucky one here and we're getting to my favorite track of the playlist, which is coming next. So there's a buildup to what I think is the best song and I think has the best spot in it all. I'm still rooting for this one, but I'm worried that it's going to break my heart on that Thursday. The next one on our list comes from Greece. It's Stefania and Last Dance. Stefania is Dutch and Greek. She competed on the Voice Kids in the Netherlands in 2013 and represented the Netherlands as part of the group Kisses at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in 2016. She was internally selected last year and reselected again for this year. And she is also working with the Dream Team. Lindsay, you already mentioned that this one was your favorite in the set. I love this. I love it. I sent it to Bobby and said, you'll love this. That's how I knew. And he was like, oh, this is great. It's very 
carry your vision to me. It starts off great. It's got the build. It's got a great chorus. It's got a very relatable and catchy theme. I liked it immediately. This one's good. I like this. Ben, your thoughts? I also like this one. There's a lot of 80s revivalism happening at this Eurovision for whatever reason. And this one nails it and does it in the whole future nostalgia thing that Dua Lipa has been doing. Yes, totally. Of the various Dream Team ones, I think this is one of their better ones of this year's contest. The one thing that throws me lyrically is every time that she says it's going to be a rockin' romance, that feels like an 80s radio (laughs) DJ. Good point. I don't necessarily buy that Stefania would choose the word rockin'. That's a Swedish phrasing right there. She rhymes remedies with eternities. So we're really dealing with a lot of stretching of the English language, which, hey, you know what? We could use it. I support it. It's fun. I really like it. And I'm so excited to see what she does because it just feels like a real big pop star with a female pop lead. And I'm like, that's the be- that's the best for me. That's the best that it gets. Especially compared to her entry last year, which was fine. It was Supergirl. That was her. That song was weird. <laughs> We were joking that last year's song Ugh. sounded like it should be the the theme music to a show on the CW. It literally was the iCarly theme song. That song, <laughs> she deserved better. I'm so glad actually she got another shot because that song was getting no one anywhere. It was so bad. <laughs> I really like her vocal on this track. And if she's able to deliver something as strong in a live performance as she was able to do on the studio track, I think that could be a moment. And the Dream Team is so good with staging. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what tricks they pull out to really showcase this one. I like when the songwriters are competing against themselves in the same lineup. That's so fun and so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we have multiple entries from the Dream Team. Uh, Sunit's entry is written by Jimmy Joker and the Debs, who have a few other entries across this Eurovision. I love it. Weirdly, we don't have 10 different Thomas G. Son songs. That is another way to make this COVID safe. All 39 songs are written by the same yeah. six people. <laughs> just have those six person. people at, at their own individual table. will be fine. So, <laughs> Incredible gig. What was the last song the Dream Team charted really well with? Have they won before with one of their songs? Is that why they're so embedded in this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grease's 2005 song. My number one. Yeah, that was Dream Team. That was them. Yeah, A Shady Lady from 2008. Uh, They did Moldova's entry from 2018, the one with all the the doors. Oh, I love that song. Oh, that was great. That was them. Oh, that was the best performance of the year. Okay, incredible. Wow. Yes, we do stand them. That's great. Sergei Lazarev, both of his entries were Dream Team. The theatrical stuff, particularly if it includes a plexiglass phone booth. The glass case of emotion. (laughs) That is their trademark. So, (laughs) Truly, the promise of this performance is the song is already great but the performance could really knock it out of the park if if they make magic with her that's all that this needs to make it perfect that's awesome yeah they are all about the spectacle and they managed to pair it with really solidly built songs I hate that this is the case, but now that I've been to Eurovision once, I'm so focused on wanting to go again that now my standing of songs really does relate to where I want to go. I'm shaily like, let's go to Cyprus. What's Cyprus doing? I feel very biased by the fact that I know that Israel didn't happen for me. Mm -hmm. Didn't go there. Do not need them to win again. Great. So who's next? I don't really want to go to Russia. Don't want to go to Ukraine. (laughs) I want to stand the songs that are places that I want to go. And I know that's not fair to the competition, but it's real for me at this point. Although I will say Ukraine is a lot of fun. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to go to there. (laughs) Is it? 
it's a lot, okay. but yeah, it. Like, I know. <laughs> but gre- okay, but listen, Greece. Oh, if Greece won, if I could wrap up a trip to Greece with Eurovision, oh my god, that'd be the best. So I'm biased. It does sound nice. Were, were you planning on going in 2020? I've never been to Amsterdam, so I was like, it'd be so fun to go to Amsterdam, then like go out for Eurovision. It was something that me and Bobby were talking about, but obviously it didn't happen, and we were slow on planning it anyway. So I wasn't sure if we were going to do it, but it would have been fun. I'd love to go to the Netherlands. Rotterdam is a really fun city too. Is it? Yes. Last time we did it, it was so fun and random and I just, it was great. It's definitely such a good kind of built-in thing to see where it's going and see if you can go there. And even if you want to go there. So any Americans who want to get into Eurovision for just that reason alone, I highly recommend. 100% cosign. Next up is Austria's entry, Vincent Bueno's Amen. Vincent studied musical theater at the Vienna Conservatory and won Musical de Show in 2008. Weirdly, Uku Saviste is not the only person who has performed Grease Lightning of tonight's entries because uh, there is video of Vincent Bueno also performing Grease Lightning on Austrian television. That's crazy. Yes. We didn't plan this, but it, it just ended up being everybody can say me in Greece. I mean, <laughs> Greece, I guess Greece was very international. That thing has been performed in every country. That makes sense to me, I guess. It, and it does. And yet when I think about the content of Greece, which is American high school in the 1950s. <laughs> yes. That's true. It, true. A universal concept, apparently. Relatable. True, true. So. Good point. Vincent Bueno competed in the 2016 Austrian selection with All We Need Is That Love which finished mid-table and then was internally selected for 2020. Mike, how are you feeling about this one? I have one note on my pre-show notes. This is objectively terrible. I (laughs) cannot stand this song. Wait, that's so funny. I like it. (laughs) Really? I hate myself for liking it, but it's stuck in my brain because he repeats the same word over and over again. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to be thinking about this song for at least five minutes after. I hate it objectively, but subjectively, I'm like, is this good? No. No, I think it's bad. I know it's bad, but it is kind of good. I cannot imagine a year where this song works. Yeah. But this year in particular, read the room. Come on. Right. Uh, That's true. <laughs> ben, your thoughts? A couple weeks ago, we talked about the other song titled Amen in this year's Eurovision. I still hold that that is the better Amen of the two, and I dislike both of them. Oh my god, I didn't even read the lyrics. I just remembered the chorus. The lyrics are bad. This is bleak. <laughs> we, we should not be... You're right. We should not... This should be banned. This is not a good one. We need uplifting stuff. Also, comparing the end of a relationship to a funeral in 2021 is just, again, read the room, Austria. Yeah. Read the room. In a normal year, this would come off as extremely melodramatic and whiny. I try to find the positives in these songs. And I guess he's singing it well, but lyrically, it it is enraging. The chorus is kind of catchy. That's the only thing. It sticks. 
you know? Mm-hmm. The, the chorus <laughs> is catchy, and I, I do trust that he's going to perform this well on the night. But how are they going to stage this? Yeah, and also after the last winner of a song, this is going to be a plop. It really is going to plop if they don't explode him with fireworks or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> unless he comes out of the casket from the dead or whatever. Unless it's literally that, he has no chance. Ukraine <laughs> already good. did that. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, see, there you go. This one feels weird being placed after Greece, which is going to be fun, which is going to be a party. Admittedly, we had to stick Austria somewhere in the second semifinal. (laughs) Like, it really does kind of get into the mechanics of how they put up a running order. Is the reason that this is not in the two spot? Well, one, is it because it's too much of a downer after Adrenalina? And two... Amen is in the second spot in the other semifinal. So is that just kind of perceiving just like, well, we can't have them in the same spot. People might get confused. I just feel like Austria is personally trolling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they are. I said it a few weeks ago and I will say it again. All of my thoughts about the song are wrapped up in the first line of it. Amen. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the last one that we're talking about today is Poland's entry from Rafal. It is The Ride. Rafal was one of the hosts for Junior Eurovision in 2020. He also hosts the Polish version of Name That Tune and Wheel of Fortune. Wow. He wrestled in <laughs> college that. and has a pilot's license. The bio had a lot of random information on the Eurovision website. I was like, you guys either do a lot of research or this is the weirdest bio that I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, we got to grab something to fill out those bullet points. He competed on the Voice of Poland, which is where his singing career really started to take off. Ben, what what are your thoughts on the ride? A, I love that it feels like this guy is the Ryan Seacrest of Poland. Mm, He's he's everywhere in media. He's on Name That Tune. He's on Wheel of Fortune. He's now their Eurovision entry. I want to like this song because it's doing some of the same 80s stuff. But every time I listen to the lyrics, this is like the song that they would release to introduce. There's new bus service. It's it's, (laughs) it's like bus service or the monorail. It's the ride. Yeah. Get on the ride. It's kind of good, though. Doesn't it feel like it could be a little bit better produced? It would be a banger. Like, it almost feels like it is one good producer away from being like a weekend song in a weird way. Not a single, a (laughs) B-side, an album track. And it feels like with the Neon Museum, they're aiming for that vibe. Like, they're going for the blinding lights thing. And Warsaw apparently has a a Neon Museum that I do want to go to now. Oh, they do? That's cool. Yeah, the official video is there. The lyrics are basic. This really could be in an 80s movie because it really does match the vibe of the football star who's going to like make a touchdown, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The songwriters just released an interview somewhere where they're like, yeah, we intended this for for Melfest in Sweden and we're just late. And that's how it ended up in Poland's hands. Yes, this feels like Mm. a very generic kind of Swedish pop track that anybody could be plugged into. If they go full neon with this, if they do a cool neon whatever, it could be really cool like on stage right i really like this very dumb song <laughs> oh yeah no like it's 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 dumb but it's, it's great. just dumb lyrically yeah it's otherwise great <laughs> every eurovision there's a couple really dumb songs that i end up loving by the end of the year and i think this will be one of them he's also giving dad energy like well, well no because ben you meant the last time that we talked about this you mentioned that there was a like, video of him going to dance camp to learn the basic mm-hmm. choreography if this performance does actually come together and is done just right it's gonna look like a really high budget geico commercial 
<laughs> That's not a bad thing to aim for. The vibe that he's been giving me is Rick Astley, like what Rick Astley is doing now. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, because I have seen Rick Astley in concert twice, and he's a very oh good God. live performer. I believe it. He is a little old looking. <laughs> I kind mm-hmm. of didn't realize what he looked like until I just went to his Instagram. He's definitely got dad vibes. He's definitely got host vibes. He definitely looks Polish, and I can say that because I am very Polish, and he looks like he's a member of my family. I just think this is great for him. <laughs> he seems like he could put on a show since literally that's his entire career. He is out here doing every single job, which is great. I think I'm rooting for this one. If it were in the first semifinal instead of the second semifinal, I think it would have a really good chance of qualifying. I think it has its work cut out in this semifinal, but it's on the bubble for me. I think this one might get through. I could see this one being everybody's eighth or ninth place and getting through on that because if it, if it gets enough points. Mm-hmm. If the performance is fun, we're going to remember it at the end of the night. Definitely. It will drown amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, put it out of its misery. I can't envision the winner's reprise at the end of the Eurovision Grand Final for this one. I, d- I don't picture that happening. <laughs> but I can see it getting through to the final and being somewhere in the mix. Mid-table, but maybe on the left-hand side? I don't know. Poland's always such a wild card. I yeah. can see them at the top of the right-hand column. Which yeah. is- Do you guys think that because... This year has been so sad and depressing. The Eurovision winner is going to be more of an inspiring ballad. I don't want that to be the case, but it almost feels like it could be just because it's the theme of how we had to cancel it for the first time in history and how sad that was. But we're back, baby, and we're phoenixes or whatever. Do you guys think that might be like what happens (laughs) because of that? I think it's going to be a party track. It it has to be a party track. Yeah. I pray. Okay, good. Okay. I just had the... I'm scared. Part of that is I think there are more party tracks and upbeat songs. I guess it is closer to a 50-50 split. It feels like there's more of an upbeat vibe. And I'm also okay. projecting what I want. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I want that too. I just am worried that they're going to be like, we need to come together. I'm sure it'll be cheesy anyways. It always is cheesy. Sometimes they do try and do a theme of what's going on in the world. There have been a few songs this national final season that have tried to speak to our times and they did not make it through. Okay. So I, th- well, I, I think the general vibe has been, we would like to party. It's been long enough. Although there are songs that are competing that are talking about that, but they're upbeat. You've got Lithuania, you've got Israel, you've got Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Like they are directly addressing what has been going on. And those are all party songs. Okay, good. I always root for party songs, but you never know. You answered all of my questions and I'm just so excited to dig into the rest of the songs. Wonderful. Lindsay, thank you again for joining us. Oh, it's my deepest pleasure. You always help inspire me to start my journey. So beyond Who Weekly, where can people find you online? I mean, nowhere else interesting. Just Who Weekly, the podcast. Check it out. Patreon and also off Patreon. And then I'm just at Lindsay Weber. And I don't know, maybe I'll tweet about Eurovision this year. And that'll be the only thing I tweet about. That's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can follow the Eurowhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Eurowhat. Show notes are in the description of the episode and on our website at Eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at Eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email Eurowhatpodcast at gmail.com. Next week on the Eurowhat, we visit the middle of the second semifinal running order with our special guest, Tabor Bain. 